week's episode of the top five report the podcast that knows stranger things have happened my name is drew i'll be your host for the evening along with me as always is my brother peter here hey so this is the first official episode of 2021 and oh yeah that's a good point (laughs) think about that and and this year is already off to just a crazy wild start oh absolutely it's um well i can actually say like i'm actually kind of grateful that we're recording this show and it can draw me away from doom scrolling through my phone and just reading up about politics because of the crazy state of that the world's in right now <laughs> so i was actually thinking about that i'm like i'm glad i get to talk about lighthearted, nerdy stuff later that's gonna be nice you know, and I got asked earlier today if we ever talk politics on our show, and I thought about it, and I was before I answered, I was like, "No, we really don't." And if we do, it's no, we really, don't. really, it's very, very brief, and no opinions are given or anything like that, and we're just kind of like, "Hey, the world's crazy right now. Let's talk about fun stuff." Absolutely, <laughs> so, um, because that's the whole point is to talk about things we like and leave all that negativity behind. <laughs> um, but. In the world of people um, not being in office or in office or all the weird stuff going on, there is the weirdest DC who's doing what story in the world. I It's been really bizarre to track, so I can't wait till we get to news to talk about that. <laughs> okay, nice. I'm so, kind of curious. I feel like I might have caught wind of this, but I feel kind of pretty oblivious to news this week. So we'll see how it goes. All right. So very cool. News will be fun. Um, we'll get there in just a second. Let's talk about what we're watching. What are we reading? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I watched a couple things, um, a couple movies I wanted to mention. None of them are new, <laughs> but uh, I thought they were worth mentioning. So the first oh, one good. I wanted yeah. to mention, the first one I wanted to mention is In the Tall Grass, which is a Netflix movie. I don't know if you're familiar with this at all. Um I feel like it was released this year or last year, maybe. Do you do you know about this one at all or no? Um, I in the tall grass. Yeah. So it, it's, it's okay. It's, first it's, off, it's, let, first yeah. off, let me say this. Um, you broke up a couple times. It's not your fault. It's probably internet lag. So anyone listening, I apologize. There's nothing I can do about that. Um, <laughs> Sorry so about that. I just want to let you know because I'm like, he said what? Yeah. <laughs> so in the tall grass. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, and it's on Netflix. It's a uh, movie that's based on a Stephen King short story, I believe. Um, Oh, uh, I've heard about this. Go ahead. Yeah, so whenever there's a movie based on a short story, I always kind of 
and I'm I'm not 100% this sure that this is based off a short story, but I'm pretty sure it is. But whenever there's a movie like that, I'm always a little bit skeptical because I'm worried they took like a 15 minute story and stretched it out for two hours and filled it with a bunch of, you know, filler and stuff like that. But this movie is actually really good. Um, I kind of thought it was just going to be this weird sort of uh, esoteric, vague plot about like uh, a group of of people lost in like this field of tall grass or something, which it okay. is that, but it's also like this really weird supernatural story. And when I say su- supernatural, I don't mean just like ghosts or anything. It's more of a weird story that involves like ancient deities. And there's also like a weird time loop aspect. And it's like a much it's a much more grand scale story than I was expecting. And this is just kind of one that really surprised me. I was like, this movie was really good. It really took me off guard. Um, there's a lot of imagery and stuff that's actually really creepy and really um, just visually stunning. And uh, I just thought it was a really good watch. It kind of has that sort of uh, it does have that mysterious Twilight Zone vibe. So if you're kind of craving something like that, I would say definitely check this one out. So I don't want to say too much because it's definitely one where you can get into spoilers. But it's one of those things where these people are driving across the country. They stop. They think they hear somebody in this grassy field. And it's like, you know, it's like old school prairie grass, like above your head, you know, six feet high at least. And they end up going into the field and then stuff hits the fan from there where a lot of weird stuff starts happening and they're unable to leave. And I'll leave it at that. Cause like I said, I don't want to spoil anything, but this one's a pretty fun watch and it's, uh, it's on Netflix. So it's right there. <laughs> nice. Nice. Is that all you watched or? Oh no, I, I did watch one other movie that I wanted one dimension and i can keep this short because uh this isn't a super new movie or anything but i watched the movie the duff for the first time oh, uh you know this movie right the, the duff is fantastic <laughs> yeah i was surprised because i always thought it looked kind of funny but i just thought this movie was hilarious like um robbie amell's character who he's kind of like the stereotypical jack guy but he has some of the funniest lines in the movie just kind of like how blunt and how like even like uh like un unknowingly mean some of the things he says i just like found them really uh humorous <laughs> and then uh the movie i just th- thought was really well written too like it's kind of a really believable story while also being a ridiculous exaggerated teen comedy but uh, no, I just I just really loved the duff. I was pleasantly surprised with that one, too. And I thought it was really hilarious. So there's, was, there you go. That's uh, what we're going to say. I was incredibly surprised with the duff. Um, I was like, I'm not watching this. And then I was kind of forced to. And it was like awesome. I was like really, really surprised overall. <laughs> so I think my favorite line of the movie is. uh so like Robbie Amell's character is talking to the main character girl and he's describing to her what a duff is and stuff like that and pointing <laughs> all, out all the other ones, all of them. And he's like, he says something to the effect of every friend group has a duff. And if you don't know who it is in your friend group, it's probably you. <laughs> and when he said that, I just started cracking up. Like, I don't know. It's just too funny. Um, yeah. But anyways, did you watch anything good this week? Um, I did. I'm checking. You keep breaking up and it's really weird. And I apologize, everyone, but there's nothing. Um, I can't do anything about it. So 
Yeah. Uh, well, you could try. Well, yeah. Don't don't worry about. It. I I could try messing with my phone later on or something like that. Okay. I just I was like I don't like it. Just and it's weird. It's like it's not bad. It's not staticky. It's just it drops here and there. Like when you're talking and like I can understand everything and I think everyone else will be fine too. It's just it's internet. You know what I mean? There's not yeah. much I can do because I have everything's functioning properly. So it's just Skype being Skype, I guess. Um, I all right. So what I. Uh, I didn't watch anything new. Um, I have I'm doing this really long Star Wars watch through where it's everything in true chronological order, exactly the way it's supposed to go. So, like, you watch episode one, you watch episode two, you watch the Clone Wars television show. You get to the end of the Clone Wars show, you watch the fourth to the end of episode of Clone Wars. Then you watch episode three. Then you watch the final episodes of Clone Wars. <laughs> um then you watch, you know, Solo, and I'm cruising through Rebels right now. It's Rebels, when you take the commercials out of Rebels, that show is fantastic. Um, and I think part of my frustration with that show is sitting through the commercials. I really do, because it, it made it, I think it made the show really hard to watch, and it made it feel too much like a kid's show. And it's much, much better than I remember. So that's cool. Um, and then the other <laughs> thing. And then the other thing that I did um, instead of watching is I put a I got a small group of people together. Um, basically, um, two of my so two of the kids from the D&D class I teach um, are really good friends with my kid and his parents, their parents really wanted to try out D&D, this thing that their kids are getting into. <laughs> yeah. So I said, why don't you guys come over and I'll run a one shot with you guys. So I so I was basically teaching the parents how to play. The kids were all excited. So it was like me, the kids, their parents, my kid played that. You know what I mean? Like it was a, it was a good <laughs> nice. And uh, I did a one shot for them. But very specifically, I did the Stranger Things one shot. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so if for those people in the D&D universe, you know that what I'm talking about. But if you don't, basically, if you watch Stranger Things, at the opening of the the very beginning of the first episode, the boys are playing Dungeons and Dragons. The store, the adventure that the boys are playing through, got published as a published adventure for D and D, and it's um and you can play it. You basically just have to you know read through it and run it, and uh, it was it's fun, it's cool, it's the story that the boys are playing. Um, the book itself is written; it's so adorably written. And if you're a fan of the show, you should just read through it for the sole purpose of the points made in the show. Because, um, like, the opening page talks about, like, it's kind of like Mike giving himself a pep talk. And he's like, this should take this should take 10 to 15 hours or maybe a weekend if Dustin gets really into uh, role playing. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's really it's really kind of cool. And then there's some side parts where he's like, don't get frustrated. It will when he starts to slow down at this point. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just whoever wrote it was really, really smart in the writing. I was really impressed with that. But overall, the uh, the session was cool. The session went really well. That adventure is not my style of D&D. Um, it's a little slower paced than I normally go, but there was some really cool stuff in there that I thought was kind of cool that I could adapt maybe later on. But um, oh, that's pretty neat. That's that's awesome. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's like encounters you can take from it or, you know, p- pick and ch- choose parts you want. But well, they had uh, a it's really, really awesome that you well, got a chance to play that. They had a really cool, like, cursed labyrinth thing in there, which how the labyrinth changed and all that stuff. And I just the mechanics of how it worked, I thought were really, really cool. And there was a few other things that I was like, mechanically, I was like, wow, that's awesome. I could adapt that for other things. And, you know, so that was kind yeah, of like how I was looking at it. Um, otherwise, awesome. I didn't watch. I didn't watch anything else or read anything. I was kind of when I found out it was kind of like after we got done um, recording, I found out that I had to run that adventure, so I had to kind of read through it, prep it, and all that stuff. So that kind of took uh, when you throw in work and everything, that kind of took away some time from me. So um, <laughs> I was like, all right, well, D and D is what I'm going to be talking about when we sit down. So. That's uh, awesome. Uh, can I ask a question really quick? Sure. <laughs> Sorry, this might be this you this might need to be edited out. I'm not sure. I did do something with my phone, which I'm hoping actually cleared up why I was breaking up. But I just want to make sure we're still recording and everything. We never stopped recording. We're all good. You're coming across okay. crystal clear. We'll have Ryan Perfect. fix it. And we'll have Ryan fix it in post. It'll be awesome. <laughs> well. I switched my internet connection because I knew that was probably the issue. So, uh, oh. but if I'm coming through good now, that's awesome. You are coming through perfect. Um, yeah. All right. Well, you ready to talk some news? Yeah, let's go for it. All right. I'm going to save the weird one for the end. So, um, let's walk into 2021 with this story. It's a science story. All right. All right. Ready? The um, Earth is. I'm- well, keep going. I'm just very uh, dreary about what's going to come out of this. I know. I was like, <laughs> the Earth is spinning faster. Um, Earth days are approximately one second shorter, possibly due to a faster spinning axis. This phenomenon is being recorded as a no leap second, which is mo- uh, which is monitored by the International Earth Rotation and Reference Systems Service. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like in the world of like all the weird stuff going on. Why not? Let's cut the let's cut every day one second shorter. <laughs> well, I think there's a there's a really obvious explanation for this. You know that, right? Uh, no, go ahead. This is uh, Darth Thumb playing Spin the Planet on us. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow, there's a reference. Woohoo! All right. I was listening to I was listening to another podcast earlier, and uh, this they they brought up the Thumb Wars uh, movie, and um, I completely forgot about this because they were laughing about this one segment about how like they're running through the Death Star, uh, trying to like you know, deal with the stormtroopers and all that stuff. And they get back to the hangar with the ship. And then the princess kind of pokes her head up and goes, I escaped somehow. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) And like, I I remember laughing about that, but when they brought it up on this other podcast, I was listening to, I couldn't stop laughing because I'm like, wow, I completely forgot about that reference. It's such a great, (laughs) such a great answer to a question. Um, Absolutely. All right. At any rate, since it's 2021, um, I'm going to throw out this story. You know, we were talking about there was a thing where people were asking what's the next um, board game they should make a Queen's Gambit-esque show about. And I was saying that they really shouldn't. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I remember this. And it's too perfect of a show. Don't just go making board game TV shows or board game movies because you think that's a good idea. Um And then, sure enough, right after we're having that conversation, I see that the Rubik's Cube movie is in development. Um, That's all All I got. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> well, so I can see, I bet there are like Rubik's cube, you know, national championships and stuff. So I could definitely see this being a thing. I know, uh, Netflix has like a one or two Rubik's cube documentaries, which I've never watched, but I've heard they're pretty interesting, but I'm far less interested in Rubik's cube than I am in chess. So I'll probably skip this one personally, but yeah, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this one at all. I don't, I was more like, Oh, of course there is. (laughs) And I don't, and I don't know if you do it. I, I just, I can't, my, I can't wrap my brain around the idea of a script for a Rubik's cube movie, I guess. Like, I, yeah, when you put chess on the table and you say, I want to make a movie out of this, uh, Queen's Gambit would be a perfect example of something that could come to mind. You do a chess prodigy that's going to rise to power and then you throw in the addiction thing just for like an extra piece of it. Great. You think about movies like Searching for Bobby Fischer and stuff like that. And you're just like, wow, you know, okay, there is something we could do with that. You want to throw out, um, you could probably do it with checkers. You could probably, you know, we could create other like I could we could probably put together other ideas. Rubik's Cube, I just can't wrap my brain around unless it's some weird competition movie like, you know, trying to like beat world records and that kind of stuff. I have no clue. Um, so there's that. No, that, that's a good point. <laughs> um, it's it's like any other skill that you acquire, I guess. So there is like an interesting sort of uh, character arc and you could watch as like whatever the main character, you know, develops their Rubik's uh, Cube skills. But. I don't know that uh, I don't know. It, it's whoever directs it is going to have to get really creative to make, you know, you know, the art of Rubik's Cube exciting to watch, I guess. <laughs> However yeah. you want to phrase it, you know. So, <clears throat> yeah. Um, all right. So let's talk about the. Uh, f- the very quick stories first. Um, so surprise, surprise, ready player two movie in the works, according to author Ernie Klein. Um, I don't know anyone who would not be shocked by that. Um, so ready player two movie in the works. Um, the only thing thing that makes me wonder, and from what I understand, Ernest Klein, who wrote the original novel, he wrote the second novel, uh, which I'm still working on. I just had to take a break from it to prep a D and D one shot. Um, (laughs) the, uh, it makes me think back to uh, Michael Crichton with Jurassic Park because Michael Crichton wrote Jurassic Park and then Steven Spielberg paid Crichton to write another novel um, so they could make another movie because Crichton wasn't going to do it. So Crichton wrote another novel for Spielberg and then Spielberg made the movie. And since Spielberg paid for the book to be done, then Spielberg took the liberties that he did. Um, there is so much in that second novel that never made it to screen uh, in terms of that second film. And it makes me a little bit wary just because I don't, I would hate to see a repeat because of how much I loved ready player one. So um, that's the only thing I really had to say on that subject, but um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Do you think uh, if they do another, well, do you think this movie is going to be uh, steel Steven Spielberg directed? Um there's I, there's nothing on that. It just says it's just a quote from the author saying, yes, we're working on it. So I would like to hope so. Um, yeah. And, and it's only because Spielberg set. And this is the thing we talk about with the Snyderverse and what DC is like trying to create right now is that it's a there's a visual language that's used from director to director. 
And one of the biggest things that you look at when you go, when you look at a cohesive thing like that is consistency. And Spielberg has a very specific kind of uh, visual language that he likes to use. So, uh, well, and I'd absolutely agree with that because um, the visuals of the first Ready Player One were so awesome. Like the uh, the visuals and the uh, CG graphics in general were just like one of the best parts of that movie. So yeah. I do. I agree with you where I hope they have that visual language as well as um, just CG effects that are as good as that last movie, because that was honestly one of my favorite parts. Yeah. Um, and I agree. So hopefully, like I would like Spielberg to direct. Um, I guess I could look up IMDb, but IMDb has been wrong before. And the movie's so early in development, I would hate to like get my hopes up too early. So I'll leave. Yeah, that early on, there's some hearsay on there. I feel like when yeah. the, when a movie's super early in development, there's some hearsay on IMDb almost. So <laughs> if, it's, if it's too early, they run into that for sure. Um, okay, uh, we talked a little while ago about Oscar Isaac was in talks to play Moon Knight. Um, it's now officially confirmed. So Oscar Isaac will be playing Moon Knight. Okay. Nice. So sweet. Um, let's talk about a movie we're not going to get. Um, <laughs> right. I found this out. Well, you got to remember. <laughs> Breaking news. This movie Breaking is news. not being made. A movie you're not going to get, which you're all, which you're going to, as soon as I tell you, you're going to go, wait, What? Um, don't forget that Disney bought Fox. That was one of the first things that happened in 2021. The Disney Fox acquisition went through and it was finalized, um, prior to the Disney plus launch. And that's when we got like the Simpsons and all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Simpsons on Disney plus Fox almost made an X-Men versus fantastic four movie that would have featured both daredevil and Deadpool. <laughs> that's awesome. I yeah, mean, that's an awesome. That, that would have been awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the point. Um, and I just saw that and was like, oh, man, really? So I kind of was like, I'm going to bring this up just because, hey, does that mean it's still in the works? Probably not. It's a movie we're most likely not going to get. Um, but when stuff like that happens, that means there's potentially a script. And that doesn't mean someone's not looking at the script going, this is a really cool idea. Take this thing from this other this project and go put it in this other thing that we're working on. You know what I mean? So um, that's the point that could be cannibalized because we know we're getting a Fantastic Four movie and we know that the X-Men eventually are coming into the Disney universe. Um, and like I, and I've I've talked about it in previous episodes. If I had to put my money on it, it'll be because of WandaVision that that will be the um the I guess you could say the uh, front door for the X-Men to come in, but we'll see what happens um, anyway. Yeah. yeah, good points all around. I was going to say I hope to buy that script uh, bootleg at a comic convention someday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but right. uh, overall, like I feel like that's an old fan theory thing like oh, Fox has the rights to Fantastic Four and X-Men they should do a crossover someday. And it's really cool to hear that it was in the works, but uh, yeah, too bad. We never got yeah. to see that. Uh, but yeah, what you, you can keep going. All right. Next story. So um, Zack Snyder has no plans to make more DC films. This kind of bums. Fair me enough. This kind of bums. Yeah. Me Zack Snyder confirms that his cut of the justice league will be his last directing stint in the DC EU for the time being. Um, I'm, this is lead. This is going to lead right into our next story, 
um, because I think there's some really weird hearsay stuff going on um, because so I, I want to take this with a grain of salt and everything I say from here on out. And as far as the new segment goes, I I want to take with a grain of salt and just ride out the story. Um, this is where a studio says one thing and. Uh, Internet outlet says one thing. Vanity Fair says something. This person says something and everything's contradicting itself. So when I think about this news about Zack Snyder not making any more movies or many more DC movies, um, I was thinking about how uh, Justice League happened. The release the Snyder Cut movement began there's been some things that have hit the Internet recently that have now created a new movement called Restore the Snyderverse. <laughs> so, All right. yep. And you're going to understand as we go into the next story. So okay. um, I don't. And, and my concern is that Warner Brothers is going to use the fans. They're going to lay bait for the fans to go nuts on the Internet. And then Warner Brothers is going to go. We said this, and now we're going to make it look like the fans won again when we planned this all along. Um, so I don't like I said, I want to take it with a grain of salt. So let's talk about the Flash movie, because that's the big story for the night. All right. Um, first issue of the Flash movie. OK, this one I don't think is hearsay necessarily. I think this is awesome if it's true. Um, back in the day, there's a movie that was supposed to happen called Superman Lives. It was directed by Tim Burton, um, and it was supposed to star Nicolas Cage playing Superman. Um, the movie got scrapped. Um, it is a crazy story as to what happened in Hollywood that made this movie get scrapped. And if you want to see, I, it might still be on Netflix, but it's a documentary called The Death of Superman Lives. Um, the documentary is awesome, but it explains the whole story as to the creation of the p- movie and then the uh, destruction of the movie at the same time. Yeah, anyway. that, I can I can uh, I'll agree with that. I, I highly rec- recommend that documentary, too. It's really, okay. really good. All right. So Nicolas Cage never got to play Superman, but we have a Flash movie coming where Michael Keaton will be coming back to reprise his role as Batman alongside mm-hmm. Ben Affleck as Batman. And we're dealing with a multiverse right now. Now, is Henry Cavill in the uh, Flash movie playing Superman? Unsure right now. However, Nicolas Cage is in talks to make an appearance in the Flash movie as Superman. Okay. (laughs) So this is just kind of getting confusing because, yes, Nicolas Cage was cast in Superman's lives, lives, but that movie never came out. And I feel like... uh, the majority of the movie going audience isn't really even familiar with that film <laughs> at all. They're not. So. They're not. Yeah. However, in the Teen Titans Go animated film, Superman was voiced by Nicolas Cage. OK, so so do you think it's going to be like animated? Nick Nicolas Cage is going to show up? Or? No, my point is the fact that. There's a world out there that knows about this. The average moviegoer doesn't, but it's a deep, deep cut kind of a thing. So done right, it wouldn't matter. And you're going to have the average moviegoer going, wow, they got Nicolas Cage to play Superman. And then the DC fan's going to know a little bit more. So that's a good point. um, So that is a perfect lead in to this crazy. Okay. 
Yeah, no, I got one more, <laughs> which again, I wonder if it's hearsay because I'm not entirely sure. Um, Cyborg has been written out of the Flash movie. Um, I, I did hear about this. And um, it's a little bit predicated on all the stuff with Ray Fisher going on with the Justice League cut and everything. Now, I don't know. What's weird is the fact that when I start getting to the next story, it makes all these other stories seem weird. Um, but right now, Cyborg is not in the Flash movie. And I don't remember him being discussed back in DC fandom. I don't remember them being discussed as a part of the Flash movie anyway. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, ready, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Story to get weird. Sure. OK. Let me see. Let me pull up the. Uh... All right. Hang on a second. Yes. All right. Confirmed. <laughs> um, am I looking at the right one? Yes. OK. There were so many of these. Um, yeah. Um, OK. There are so many of this. It's ridiculous. OK. Confirmed. Michael Keaton will be the main Batman within the DC universe, replacing Affleck. I heard about this as well. OK, so <laughs> I didn't look into all the details of it, but I did see that. <laughs> Despite recent reports that Michael Keaton was taking over for the DCU's Batman, he has actually only been confirmed for the Flash film. So there's this thing out there saying that Michael Keaton will be because Michael Keaton's coming back to play Batman. Affleck's going to be playing Batman. There's a report saying that basically um, and I'm going to have to pull up another one of these because this is kind of ridiculous. So it sounds so what they're saying is, is that Affleck is done after the Flash movie and Michael Keaton will now be the main Batman within the DC universe. Affleck out. Um, that's suddenly a weird. OK, wait, what's happening? Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where to begin with that one. I didn't know if you had more to say. Or yes, I do. Just kind of. Um, OK. <laughs> yes, I do. So regarding yesterday's DCEU rumors, Brooke Barnes, a writer for The New York Times, wrote an article which was taken out of proportion by media everywhere, stating that Ben Affleck is being replaced by Michael Keaton as Batman of the DCEU. Now, everyone with common sense can tell that someone there. Something there doesn't add up. And if anyone bothered to read the article before spreading misinformation, it says nothing about Affleck being replaced. Brooke Barnes on Twitter, been offline and returned to see Michael Keaton craziness. I was referring to one film that Keaton has been announced at being in, not a set of his own Batman films. If I had info on him beyond the Flash movie, I would have obviously put it into my article. Now, let this be another lesson for DC pages, media outlets, and bloggers alike. You should know the facts before you post fiction. Right? Yeah. Okay. The final piece of this. Breaking. After revealing we would have two distinct sagas of the Batman at the same time, it has now been confirmed that Michael Keaton would in fact replace Ben Affleck as Batman in the DCEU, and Robert Pattinson is on Earth 2. All right. Uh, I mean, I feel like that's where I thought this was going to lead, by the way, but uh, keep going. <laughs> OK. Brooke Barnes now has come out stating that he mentioned that he was only talking about the Flash update. 
I know you all want Batfleck, Affleck, but this is what DC is going for. Apparently, the Flash film will connect the universe, including Earth 2. But yes, Keaton is the Batman for the DCEU, and he'll appear in multiple films. <laughs> um, this was confirmed by Brooke Barnes today, the person who interviewed uh, Hamada, president of, w, of Warner Brothers, where Hamada reveals this. Almost five different scoopers have confirmed this, so it is what it is. So is Affleck out? Is Keaton in? Dude, I'm so confused. (laughs) Um, And it made me think about the Nicolas Cage news. It made me think about the Cyborg news. It made me think about the Snyder news. And like I said, when they were when the Internet started doing the release the Snyder Cut campaign, what happened was they released the Snyder Cut, released the Snyder Cut, released the Snyder Cut. Warner Brothers eventually broke down and said, hey, is this a thing? And they got Snyder to come in, and now they're making the Snyder Cut movie. Um, now you have to look at the fact that Warner Brothers, if they're making these statements, and now the Internet's screaming, restore the Snyderverse, could the could Warner Brothers be using that as a ploy to make... Do you see what I'm saying? To make the Internet rally behind this other point, then Warner Brothers can then give us what we really want when they've been building it all along and then they look oh, okay. they look like the heroes again <laughs> so you think it's like a this whole thing is like a conspiracy to actually restore the Snyderverse, or maybe i don't know okay. <laughs> I'm, so, <laughs> I'm so confused look i loved the michael keaton batman I don't have a problem with another iteration of the Michael Keaton Batman. I just don't understand where you have people, you have actors, you have producers, you have directors screaming for the Affleck Batman movie. And then they state that they're not good. They're basically forcing Affleck out and they're going with another Batman. I don't understand it. Um, yeah. At all. I've, I've got like a couple questions because I don't know if like, is Michael Keaton going to be the, you know, Tim Burton, 89 Batman, or is Michael Keaton going to simply replace Ben Affleck? Like, is he going to be in the Batfleck suit and basically playing that version of the character? Um, I know Ben Affleck was like a older version of Batman in the first place, so that might not be too weird of a transition, but it is a question there. Um, I'm also thinking like Warner Brothers got Ben Affleck to sign on as Batman and, uh, I remember when he was first signed on and hearing different things that were said, and it seemed like he was actually really excited to play the character. Um, He was excited to make his own Batman movies. And, you know, he did Batman v Superman. He did Justice League. And that probably didn't go the way he thought it would with, you know, all the uh, director switching mumbo jumbo and stuff like that. And his version of Batman never saw the like lights of day. And, He's like an A-list list actor that he's just might at this point be like, well, you know, I kind of want to move on and do my own thing, which is OK. And maybe that's what's uh, bringing a lot of these changes about. But I do agree with you that this is all just very bewildering. And like, I have no idea <laughs> what it's going to go on. Is, it's too much back and forth. He's in. He's not. He's in. He's not. Snyder's out. Cyborg's out. Nicholas Cage is in. Where'd that come from? Keaton's the like. What is happening? Like, I, <laughs> I feel like the Nicholas Cage thing might be like a little. 
sort of cameo, you know, where it's the fans will appreciate it. Nicholas Cage, of course, will appreciate it. And uh, it might just be a little cameo that's in there. And it, I, at this point, I feel like the Nicholas Cage thing is probably not going to be like he's not going to be one of the main characters of the movie. He might just have a cameo. Maybe he's another version of Superman. Maybe he appears and he's like Ultraman or he's Kingdom Come Superman or some other version. I feel like that might be a possibility. But um, I'm I'm wondering if the Nicholas Cage thing is too much of a distraction where Michael Keaton is kind of the main sort of question mark, if that makes well, sense. One of the articles I read went a little deeper talking about how Michael Keaton will be the he'll be the Batman that he'll be the central Batman in the DCEU going forward after the Flash film. And then he'll be a mentor type character, which made me automatically think of we have a Batgirl movie. Yeah. And is that their way of shoehorning in and saying, hey, we're finally doing Batman Beyond? And then Michael yeah, absolutely. And Michael Keaton becomes old Bruce Wayne. And if that's the case, amazing. Um, and that's, so, that's another fan theory that's been out there for a while that people wanted to see. So, it, I yes, mean, it's possible. It um, yes, it has. And yes, it's possible. And um, all of it's good. I just want to know what in the world is going on. <laughs> so, um, but we'll find I, out. I w- yeah. And I will say that. Uh, I do like this. I do like that uh, the DC movies are a giant question mark. It's a a giant enigma and we have no idea what's going to come out of it. And uh, I appreciate that because I do think that is exciting for a movie going or movie watching audience, if you will. Like I do appreciate that we have no idea what's going to come and uh, it might be good. It might be bad. But the speculation is some of the funnest part you know, one of the best parts, which kind of leads into our list later on. I mean, not to interrupt, like, I know we can keep talking about news, but it's kind of funny to make that point with the list that's coming up. But uh, well, no, actually, I just I, I enjoy the speculation. I enjoy the mystery. So I'm excited to see where this goes, but I'm also patient and uh, optimistic. Uh, but what were you saying? No, I was just going to say it's a good segue because that's the end of the news, man, is we don't know who nice. Batman is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, you ready to talk about the news? The news. Uh, the news. Not the news. We're done with the news. <laughs> ready to talk about the list tonight? It's absolutely. Are we doing news? Or are we not doing news? See, nobody knows. It's it's all a big mystery. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Uh, let's talk about the list. Um, so Ryan, it's time to do the list, man. Roll the thing. And now for the top five. All right, so we're back. Peter, why don't you explain to our listeners what we are talking about this week if they didn't if they missed last week's episode? What's the list tonight? Uh, yeah, sure thing. So a couple weeks ago, we did our most anticipated movies for 2021, and then we did our most anticipated TV shows for 2021 as our lists. And uh, I just thought it would be fun to do our 
most anticipated movies in general from our whole life? You know, what movies have came out while you were growing out or growing up or in recent memory that you were just so excited to see you couldn't wait for? You were reading news about you were, uh, you know, just dying to see. And what was your experience with that? And uh, yeah, so that's that's basically it. But I just thought this would be a really fun topic to tackle. So, uh, Drew, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this one. It is. And what I'm going to say is the what this is how I tackled this list, because I guarantee someone's out there going, can't wait to hear what they're going to say about the Marvel movies. Um, I don't know about you, but I have no Marvel movies on my list. Um, I <laughs> I kind of tackled this in a sense of, well, I kind of have one, but not from the MCU. I kind of tackled this in terms of it doesn't matter what I thought of the movie after I saw the movie. This is all hype. This is all marketing. This is the movie I was just excited to see, period. And that's kind of how I tackled the list. Um, when I thought about the Marvel movies, when I was kind of looking at them, I go, would any of these make the list? It comes down to this. Ultimately, the one that would have gotten me the most excited to see would have been Endgame or Infinity War. But we had been building to those and we knew they were coming and there was all these like steps. It was like the next episode, the next episode, the next episode, time to watch Infinity War and Endgame. So my anticipation for those films, I don't think matched the way I was excited for the list movies on my list. So um, I just don't think it fits for me that way. So that's kind of how I tackled it. I just wanted to bring that up beforehand so people aren't like, well, you didn't put Endgame on the list. Uh, <laughs> Endgame, Endgame had a reason, it had a different type of anticipation. So That's fair enough. And um, we actually did know a lot when we were going into Infinity War and uh, Endgame. We probably knew a lot more about those two movies than a lot of other movies that we've seen. Um, so maybe that uh, makes it a little bit less anticipated, even though I know... Drew, you and I were both excited about those movies when they came oh, out, for we sure. Were, we um, were incredibly excited about those movies, just like everybody else was. And I was there opening weekend, and I got my seat. I basically, end game. I risked dehydration to see because I didn't want to have to get up and go to the bathroom. I made sure I didn't have anything to drink all day long with <laughs> the movie. <laughs> um, I, you know, I didn't want to miss a second of it and, you know, all the speculation leading up to it. But... When you go through my list, my number one, the the one I'm going to bring up last, there's nothing that tops it for me. So, um, yeah, right on. Um, I, I will say just because since we were discussing the Marvel movies, I have one Marvel movie on my list, but it is probably a pretty weird one. And then overall, I do have some picks that might you might find very unusual. <laughs> But I kind of went with a personal list with personal reasons for every movie on it. So uh, there you go. And we can get into that later. But uh, I have two honorable mentions. Do you have any? Um, I have one honorable mention. So unfortunately, you got to go first. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Just okay, give me the yeah, first one enough. and then we'll jump back. So, OK, so here's my first one. And this one might. uh make you scratch your head a little bit, but I went with tenacious D in the pick of destiny. <laughs> so this movie, oh. um, this is a movie that first of all, tenacious D is a great band. 
really hilarious, really good songs, etc. We all know and love them. But this is a movie that I remember the first time I saw. It might have even been a TV spot, like rather than like a proper trailer. But I remember the first time seeing clips from these movie, this movie, and it just looked hilarious. Like it just there are so many fantastical parts and just so much like over the top rock and roll energy. And I was just like, this movie looks amazing. And uh, over and overall, I was really uh, happy with this movie, but I think it was a little bit more real world and a little bit more, um, more of a stoner comedy than I was hoping for. You know, I was expecting something really like, fantastical and maybe almost like a space opera or something. Or I, I feel like I was expecting Bill and Ted's uh, bogus journey and I got something closer to, you know, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. I still liked the movie, but it wasn't exactly sure. what I was hoping for. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. Um, I actually really enjoyed uh, that. I just didn't. Uh, yeah, I didn't have the same. Uh, um, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so my first one. Yeah. All right. My only one is Tenet. Oh, of course. Nice. Um, I was going to brave COVID to see it. Um, so my excitement just kept building and building and building. And then they kept not giving it to us. So it's just like, am I ever going to get to see this movie? So, yeah, Tenet makes my honorable mention. I just haven't lived with it long enough to count it higher on the actual count. So awesome. Yeah. So kicking it back to you, man. Yeah. So. My other honorable mention, and this one's probably even a even a weirder pick uh, than Pick of Destiny, but there's a bit of a story that goes with it. But uh, did you ever see the movie Your Highness? Uh, no. It's OK. So my next pick is Your Highness, which I actually don't I don't really like this movie that much, but the trailer for this movie looked amazing. And this is my experience with uh, the anticipation for this movie was uh Back in the day, there's a group of uh, friends that I would play Dungeons and Dragons with. And uh, one night after we were playing, you know, we were done playing through our adventure for the day. And I was just kind of hanging out at my friend's apartment and, you know, just like after the D&D session. And he's like, oh, you got to check out this uh, trailer for this movie <laughs> that's coming out. And he showed me the trailer for Your Highness. And uh, if anybody doesn't remember, this is like the Danny McBride, James Franco sort of. Uh, it's another stoner comedy, which is kind of funny theme with my honorable mentions. But it's the uh, it's like their stoner comedy that's set in a medieval fantasy land. Yeah. Um, and the trailer looked hilarious and it looked action packed and really good. And my and me and my friend were just kind of laughing at the trailer. And he's like, you know what we need to do? We need to all dress up as Vikings or something and go see this opening night. And I was like, yes, that's awesome. And cue the anticipation, because then I was just so excited to see this movie with my friends. And we we're gonna, like dress ridiculous and just like make a big gag out of it. And, uh, you know, as the weeks went on, you know, uh, the movie eventually came out and uh, we did go in a group to see it. But it was a smaller group than was expected <laughs> and nobody dressed up and the movie wasn't as good as the trailer made it out to be. <laughs> so this is one that I was excited about because of this little scenario we concocted and then it ended up not working out at all how how I was hoping. So there you go. Yeah, right on. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I did definitely not have the same experience with this. So um, <laughs> I don't yeah. think anybody else did. <laughs> yeah, right. 
Well, that's why these are anticipated movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I, I will say that movie, I don't think is horrible, but it's not as funny. Like, I, I didn't think the jokes hit me as hard as I was hoping. So sure. But anyways, this would go back or go to your first actual pick. My right? first actual pick is a movie called Sin City. Uh, oh, nice. The first one. The, the, yeah. Here's the thing. I was a fan of that comic book. And then when they announced they're making a movie, you think to yourself, how are you going to make this into a movie? And then things started like popping. Hey, we got Bruce Willis. Hey, we got Jessica Alba. We got Mickey Rourke. We got um, Elijah Wood. We got, you know, uh, Denicio Del Toro. We got, you know what I mean? Like they just kept popping up these big names, Brittany Murphy and Clyde Lowen. And you're just like, oh, my God, the cast was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then they're like, yeah, Robert Rodriguez is directing. Tarantino's in a guest direct. They actually brought Frank Miller in. And then they released that like it's like a three minute opening scene that was that was created as test footage for Frank Miller to get him to do it. And they release some images and you're just like, oh, my God, they're doing it for real. It's going to be comic book accurate, like the visual look of it and everything. Um, but the way they marketed it, like that's all anyone could talk about leading up to the movie. Um and it, they just that's all anyone could talk about. Like it was just Sin City, Sin City, Sin City. And everyone I talked to like was like, yeah, I can't wait to see this movie and all that stuff. And I had there was a girl I was working with was like, I don't understand why you guys are so excited about this movie. And I'm like, I guarantee. And I told her, I go, if you don't see this movie this weekend, you will have nothing to talk about Monday morning. And she goes, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then sure enough, Monday morning, all anyone wanted to talk about was Sin City. Um, that's great. It was just it was just perfect. And then the movie like left you with this really cool like frame of mind when you're walking out of it. Like it was just man, it's such a good, good time. Theater was packed like I had a very large group of people I went with to see it. It was just a really good time. Um, so Sin City at the end, I still liked the movie, but there was like such an experience going to the theater to it. But I was so excited to see it. Um, but, yeah, that's my first one. So, yeah. Uh, Sin City's great. Um, it's, you know, it's really visually, visually stunning. And, uh, it's kind of funny when you mentioned it, I thought to myself, oh, I forgot about Sin City, which is funny because I kind of think in retrospect, it probably doesn't get as much credit it deserves for as weird and stunning and experimental and true to the comic it is. So, um, I don't know. It wasn't as anticipated for me, uh, when it came out, but it was a movie that I went out to see in the theaters, you know, opening weekend. And I loved well, it. So, uh, great choice. That, one of the things that helped me go through my list was looking at my own collection, because if I was that excited to see it, I probably bought it at the end. So, yep. um, there was probably a little bit of a blind love, even if it wasn't a good movie, I still probably bought it just blindly. Like I love this i gotta have it kind of thing so right on yeah um so first actual move, pick yeah moving into my next pick um so this is probably my only pick that uh my anticipation has kind of been documented on the podcast but uh i chose jay and silent uh jay and silent bob reboot and uh this is one that i mean i've mentioned it before i was really excited about this movie um I listen to a decent amount of Kevin Smith's podcasts, not all of them, because he has a lot. <laughs> but, uh, you know, listening to Kevin Smith talk about the uh, the production of this movie and the steps that it was taking uh, got me really excited. And then seeing that first trailer at uh, 
what was it, Comic Con 2019? I want to say 2018. I can't remember what year it was, but I just remember the first trailer looking awesome and just being so excited and finally seeing the movie. And it's it's one of those things that I'm on the fence a little bit with this movie. Like I really enjoy it, but there's aspects of it that I think could be better. But uh, it's a Jay and Silent Bob movie, so I'm obviously gonna love it. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I just was really excited about this one. I don't so, know if you have any comments at all. Or... Uh, one of the things I love about you mentioning that is that you brought up Kevin Smith's podcast. And when he updates everyone on his movie projects and that kind of stuff, um, it makes a huge difference, in my opinion, because when you verbally listen to all the updates leading up to something he's working on and then getting the payoff, um, it kind of makes the movie a little bit better, I think. Absolutely. Um, so... And you have to you also have to factor in like this is years of listening to, you know, Kevin Smith first was I, I might have the timeline wrong, but I believe he was working on Clerks three first and that didn't work out. And it, you know, it had to do with like production studio rights and stuff. And then he went on to working on uh, Mallrats 2, which I was even more excited about because I'm like, oh, I would rather see a Mallrats sequel than another Clerks one. And then that fell through. And then finally this movie happened. And so this is actually like years of listening to Kevin Smith podcasts and like the anticipation building up from that. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah. All right. Well, my next one is Kill Bill Volume 2. Um, you got to remember that I'm one of those people who counts both Kill Bill movies as one movie because essentially that's what it is um, because it was one movie that he broke in half because it was too long for theater length and they released him three months apart from each other. But I was so blown away by what Kill Bill was and the potential of it that I was just so incredibly excited to see the second film. Mm -hmm. uh, and my anticipation for it was growing and growing and growing over those couple months that I was waiting for um, to see the movie. So um, and I and this is another one that I went with a large group of people to see. So, um, yeah, Kill Bill 2. So, yeah, that's a great pick. Um, and it totally makes sense. I I don't remember if I was old enough to like see R rated movies in the theater when this came out. So I don't I think. I was really excited about this movie, but I was kind of like, well, I'm going to see it eventually, but I can't see it opening weekend. It might have been one of those situations, but it totally makes sense. That's on your list that that is on your list. Um, I love the first and second Kill Bill movie a lot, so I can definitely see why you'd have that anticipation. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. All right, man. Um, uh, next one. Yeah. So my next one is my only Marvel movie, and that is The Amazing Spider-Man 2. And I know a lot of people, I know this movie has very divisive reactions. Some people, or a lot of people don't like it. Some people love it. I'm one of the people who actually really likes this movie, but I remember leading up to this movie coming out, it was one of the times in my life where I was following sort of a lot of comic book and like nerd related, like news blogs and stuff. And like following a lot of that stuff really closely. And I remember them, somebody leaked an image of a poster of this movie that was like in one of the hallways at like Sony headquarters or something like somebody took a picture of like, the amazing Spider-Man two poster and leaked it before it was supposed to come out. And I remember it being a blurry picture, but I remember one of the pages that I was following a lot kept like dissecting this poster and they're like, 
okay, so we think this is Electro over here, over here, and he's all blue, and we don't know what's up with that. But in the background, what's this guy like? There's some guy riding a, uh, you know, a hoverboard-looking thing. I think it's one of the goblins. Which goblin could it be? And it was kind of this really fun mystery. Um, and at the time when this was happening, I remember I would go home, and I kept reading about, like, this new Spider-Man movie coming out. And then the people that I was working with, which I was currently working a retail job, but I would just come to work, and we would just talk about, like, all the different comic book and, like, nerd development of the day before and I remember the new Spider-Man movie being like a big discussion and like I said this movie is pretty divisive but when the first Amazing Spider-Man came out the majority of people really liked that movie whether they still do like it was a pretty beloved film at least with the people I talked to so there was a bit of excitement about this one so uh, yeah I don't have too much to say I just think I had a lot of fun following the uh, developments of like the speculation for this one for sure Um, I got really excited for this movie because uh, I got to see it like two weeks early Um, oh really yeah I got to go to a priest I got oh that's cool i I don't remember how i got it but i got pre-screener tickets or whatever to go see it so it was kind of like one of those uh press release had to go in turn off your phone show them that your phone's off so you're not recording the film you know what i mean like they they were very like it it was a weird uh like you had like as you walked in they had to watch you turn your phone off like (laughs) stuff like that um it was kind of a cool experience to get to go see that i got to see uh, the lone ranger movie like that too um but I remember, yeah, this I was excited to see it because I enjoyed the first Amazing Spider-Man movie. So, yeah. Um, nice. our, well, that being said, um, that being said, uh, my next mo- my next pick for the night is Spider-Man 2. Uh, the second <laughs> nice. the second in the Raimi trilogy. Um, Spider-Man one was really good. Uh, despite my opinion about uh, the Green Goblin's costume, Spider-Man one was fantastic. But everything showing what they showed, the trailers, the marketing, all that stuff for Spider-Man two. I remember literally like there was a countdown during the day. You were texting your friends like, dude, 10 hours left. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> So uh, that was one where anticipation just it was building and then it came down to that day and you're just like, we're going to the midnight show. And it literally became a countdown and you couldn't you're like, I should take a nap. I'm too excited. I can't take a nap. It was like kid on Christmas morning kind of thing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Spider-Man two, uh, the original Spider-Man two. Um, and it's still considered one of the best comic book films of all time. So. Absolutely. I was going to I was going to mention that if you didn't. But uh, no, this movie is really great. I remember looking forward to this one a lot. Um, and uh, yeah, being like so feeling so satisfied after I watched that movie in theaters. So definitely an awesome pick. Um, I can move into my next uh, pick, but I'm realizing <laughs> just because looking at my list, I feel like we might start matching, but I might be wrong and I might be screwing up stuff that you wanted to talk about later. But look, I'm just not going to worry about one that movie I was going to save for the end. But if we end up matching, um, <laughs> yeah, well, well, e- either way, I'll just I'll just go into the one that I was going to talk about next. And that is uh Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. Uh, Did we match on this one at all? We did not. This one made my short list, so go ahead. Okay, well, this movie was... uh, This movie was anticipated for maybe a different reason than the other ones, because uh, I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but 
when you're going in to see like a superhero, like comic book movie, you have all this sort of comic book source material that you're comparing stuff to. Even before you see the movie, you're just like, oh, that's what Thanos looks like. Well, this is what he looks like in the comic. Like, why didn't they make his comic or his casting more like this? And, you know, you're already comparing all this stuff and you kind of know what you're getting into. But with a Star Wars movie, I always feel like you don't know what's coming and you you know what some of the characters are, you know, look like and some of the sets maybe a little bit because you've been following it because you're interested in it. But you don't know story wise really what's going to go on. Some of the characters you've seen in promo stuff aren't even as big of a deal as you assumed they'd be. You know, you've seen some of the toys, but some of those toys might be background characters you only see for a couple seconds. So Star Wars movies are always like. I like anticipating and talking about comic book movies before you see them. But then when you see a Star Wars movie, it's like you talk about that movie for years. And I don't always have that with like a lot of these comic book movies that come out. So it's almost like the after effects of Star Wars movies always like hit me harder, which is kind of just a funny comparison. Anyways, so episode seven, when this came out, I wasn't like... I feel like I wasn't chomping at the bit to see it, but as it started getting closer to uh, the release of this movie and it was Christmas season. And I think even before that they had like force Friday and stuff. And the anticipation started building up where I'm like, okay, new star Wars is coming out. I'm starting to get pumped, but it was still kind of a slow burn. But what happened for me was when the movie finally came out, uh, my wife, who was then my girlfriend, she doesn't like Star Wars at all. <laughs> like, she really doesn't like it. And she refused to go see the movie with me because it was like it was getting close to that weekend. I'm like, oh, we should go see this like Friday. And then she's like, no, I don't want to. And then everybody else I wanted to go with, like, already had plans to go. And I kind of was left out where I didn't have a chance to see this movie with anybody And it was the funniest thing because I worked that Friday and I remember everybody at work talking about Star Wars. And then everywhere I go, I went, people were talking about Star Wars and I was like the one guy who hadn't seen it. And it's just just everywhere I looked, there'd be a poster or a toy. And I'm like, I have to see this movie. So then by the time Saturday, that opening weekend came, I just went to see it by myself. I had a great time. Uh, We've talked about it before, but the opening crawl came up and I got choked up and it was, it was just such a, it was so, it was so great. But that anticipation of being like the one guy who felt like they didn't see it opening night (laughs) was such a unique and weird experience that I just had to mention this one because it's one of those things like I was kind of anticipated and then it got closer and I was getting more anticipated for this one. But then once I felt like I was being left out, I was just like kind of going crazy a little bit there. So, yeah, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this one. I know you said this made your short list, but it, well, when I get to my final two, you'll understand. But I it so this is a movie that I basically waited 30 years for along with everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> um, because we were waiting 30 years to hear that story um, and the anticipation. It was like not like not only that, but you were like you were going into the theater and you were sitting down and that opening crawl starts and you're just like star Wars is back. And it just, it just made you feel just amazing again. Um, and, uh, it it was, it's everything you wanted. It was like 
the first viewing, it was everything you wanted it to be. And you're just like, everyone needs to see this movie. This is amazing. Like, you know, like it was, and I ended up seeing it, I think five times in theaters. Yep. Five times. Um, so yeah, this was just one where like, and the same thing with the marketing and everything, it just built, it just built up everything. And like, they kept it, they played it so close to the chest. You didn't know what you were getting into. You didn't know you were like, you know, yeah, there was a comic, you know, like, like you mentioned the Marvel movies, you have a comic book for source material and you kind of go back and you can speculate what we're going to see on screen. And this was something it's like, well, we don't know anything. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So episode seven, I agree. Like the anticipation, but yeah, there we go. Um, uh, did you have anything so more to add was, to that or? No, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I talked a ton about this just now, so we can yeah. go on to your next one. No, it's all good. So my next one is The Dark Knight. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, great pick. Uh, and this is me being the lifelong, um, this is me being the lifelong Batman fan forever and ever and ever. And when they, when when you knew the second one was coming, and then they announced the cast, and then you started seeing stuff like trailers, you're just like, oh my god, I have to see this movie, and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And this is one of those like midnight release ones and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, do you have anything to say to that before I like go on with the diatribe? <laughs> oh well, Dark Knight. I was really excited when this movie came out, but I think. Uh, it was so hyped that the hype kind of like it almost started to kill it for me before I saw the movie. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, I get it. I get it's probably really good. Like I liked Batman Begins, but is it really that good? And then I saw the movie and I'm like, oh, yep, yeah, yeah, it's really that good. <laughs> so, yeah, this is a great pick. It just was there is so much hype that kind of drove me crazy, but well deserved because this is, you know, uh, you know, arguably the best comic book movie of all time. So uh, you had more to say on this one, though. Um, no, it's just it's such God. It's like it's near perfect. And Absolutely. I don't, and I don't say that a lot. It is near perfect. Um, the. Uh, everything about this movie is just astounding. Cinema, cinematography, uh, directing, acting, screenplay lighting sound like everything is just it's just a perfect perfect film um we've talked about dark knight heavily in the past and um yeah so i don't like we're gonna be talking <laughs> about batman as you know because we're just dc fans we're gonna always uh um we're just always gonna be uh talking about this so um yeah the dark knight <laughs> so right on um, so what you got man so you have one pick left, right? And I'm on my final two. Yep. Okay. So this is where I thought we might start matching. Um, Cause my, the next movie I was going to talk about is star Wars episode one the Phantom Menace. Yeah. We match on that one. So, okay. Awesome. Go so, ahead. <laughs> well, this one for me was just, you know, I grew up watching star Wars, loving star Wars and uh, it just being a really, big part of my childhood and my life. And uh, just like going in the backyard, playing lightsabers was just a huge pastime and stuff. And I, I remember when uh, this movie was coming out, I was in like sixth grade and it was just the perfect age to be super excited about it. But this is just one of those things where, you know, they had the star Wars episode one Pepsi cans with, you know, each different flavor of Pepsi had a different character on it. 
And, you know, I would go to school at, and, you know, every day at lunch, I would buy one of those Pepsi cans because they had a vending machine and I'd sit at the lunch table with my friends and we would just talk about Star Wars, you know, while drinking our Jar Jar Binks Mountain Dew or whatever it was. But it was just one of those things where I was at the right age where me and my friends every day leading up to this movie were just there's just this huge like Star Wars discussion at our table. And we were all like so pumped and it was just so good. And I know. There's a lot of a lot of people complain about this movie and they complain about it being too political and stuff for kids and stuff. But I have to say, like, I just absolutely loved this movie going into it. And I actually think it ages a lot better than people give it credit. I think uh, overall, I, I do think it's a uh, like a well outlined movie over overall, I feel. And I think it's just this movie, I was so excited about it beforehand. And then afterwards I still was, and, uh, it's just hard to know where to begin. Uh, what, what all did you want to want to say on this? Cause I, I know you were saving this one for, for last pick <laughs> this movie, this movie gets announced and everyone goes, Oh, cool. New star Wars. Everyone gets excited. And then they start marketing. Then they introduce us to, then they introduce us to Darth Maul. And the double-bladed lightsaber. And <laughs> right on. Yes, they show us Jar Jar Binks, but they start showing us shit <laughs> vehicles, and then they start. And then well, they I mentioned start. that I mentioned that Mountain Dew can because that was the first one I remembered off the top of my right. head. If <laughs> I keep going, um, the uh, you said uh, you know Liam Neeson. You see the new and and you and McGregor and who's playing Obi Wan, and then you learn about you know Padme, and you see visuals of the pod race like. It get bigger and bigger. There is no movie that is more anticipated in the history of film, period, than Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. It doesn't matter if you liked it or disliked it, but I'm telling you, dude, there is no movie more anticipated than this worldwide. There was even a movie made about the anticipation of this movie. Yeah. Hands down. It doesn't matter what you say. You can throw any Marvel movie you want against the wall against that. Star Wars Episode One will take the cake every single time um, because it is still the most anticipated film of all time, period. Um, we're going to always be talking about Star Wars on the show, so I don't want to go too long on it. That's my spiel. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I agree with it. Absolutely. And um, I mean, I, I it's the same for me. Like, there's so much I could say. Um I mean, one of the biggest things that's lasted with me from this movie is I always loved Darth Maul. I still think he's one of my favorite, if not my favorite Star Wars characters. Uh, he's just really awesome. And obviously the Clone Wars and Rebels makes his character arc a lot cooler. But um, I just loved his introduction in this movie. And um, like I said, it was just talking about this movie every day at lunch and that sort of anticipation in my friend group uh before uh, the final pick on my list, this was the most anticipated movie of my entire life. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if you have any any thoughts, any other thoughts on this before I move into my we're last gonna, one. We're, we're going to always be talking about Star Wars on this show. So it's the most anticipated movie of all time, period, probably of my life, period. <laughs> right on. Go ahead. Uh, so my last one, which uh, is the top of a ton of my lists, is uh, Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. <laughs> this, I can confidently say, is the movie that I've seen throughout my entire life that I anticipated the most. Um, this is a movie that 
Drew, I remember when I was in, I was in like middle school or high school and they were first, like their WB was first working on some sort of Batman versus Superman movie. Because I remember you telling me about it back in the day. And I just thought that sounded awesome. Like that is going to be the greatest movie ever. And, uh, you know, that seemed to be kind of in pre-production hell for years if not like a decade maybe um at least um because i remember just like that was kind of something i heard about and then nothing really came of it but then i remember seeing uh i am legend which uh you know i'm pretty sure was a warner brothers picture and in you know there's that famous sort of background billboard image in i am legend that has the batman superman symbol on it so like in the I am legend universe, that was a movie that was coming out or did come out. So I always thought that was really cool. And that, you know, that's even more anticipation, but you know, then eventually man of steel came out and I really liked that movie. I've talked about it a ton on the podcast, so I don't have to go too in depth, but then the following comic con, they announced that Batman is going to be in the next, uh, you know, suit in this, in the sequel to man of steel. And it was just, it was one of those things where I don't want to say historic, especially since like in the news lately, like there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. But like pop in the pop culture realm, this just felt like such a historic thing. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they're actually making this movie. And once they had that announcement at that Comic-Con, I can't remember what year it was. I want to say 2013, 2014. But at, at that point, I started reading every single news story I could find about this movie. And I was following every little bit of information they'd put out. And it was one of those things where, yes, I was following every bit of information, but I still was really satisfied about the film. I feel like I knew a decent amount of, about the film when I actually went to see it, but I still felt totally satisfied. So this movie delivered in the anticipation category as well as in the um as well as in the uh the actual like delivery of the film so i love this movie it's and it's not going to be a surprise to any of our listeners that this is up there on my list but uh yeah it was just and this and this movie also is like rivaling civil war coming out at the same time i don't know there's just so many like fun aspects of following the production of this movie as well as civil war and i don't know it was just a really fun time to be a comic book fan in my opinion i don't know if you have any thoughts here um um and so the following this movie was so much fun and i agree with that and everything you said was like dead on and the issue with civil war coming out and the fact that they were competing for the same release date and like it was just yeah it was interesting and then you're seeing marvel writers say yeah that civil war movie looks cool but this dc movie looks like stuff's going down like you know like it was it was really kind of interesting to watch that all play out and i agree that um the anticipation for the film for me matched my excitement for the film, matched my expectations of the film, matched what I got. And I was and I'm very happy with it. And I do still say Batman vs Superman is probably, in my opinion, the best comic book movie, period, period. Um, yes, I know Marvel fans I get that. But you really need to look at source material and look at adaptation to screen and how it was handled. And like, it, I think it's masterfully done. Um mm-hmm in terms of laying ground for what was what's supposed to come after the um 
the um what were we gonna say uh quick i had a quick like loss of like thought there for a second the um What's interesting about it is that I immediately felt I had to go on the defense because the whole world was like, it's like they didn't understand the movie and then started yeah. writing on it right away. And I was like, and everyone who told me they didn't like the movie, I'm like, no, 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 you really need to go rewatch that movie. Um, and I'm still, and I still feel like I'm defending the movie, but whatever. Um, I like the movie and that's technically all that matters because it's my own headcanon anyway. By the way, headcanon <laughs> is a term that I'm enjoying more and more um, as I hear it being used, so... Nice. Um, oh, the last thing like I could add to because I, I did give like a pretty uh, detailed but still broad overview of it. Um, one of my favorite parts of like the anticipation for Batman v Superman. And I don't know if this is because of the kind of guy that Zack Snyder is, but there is a lot of sort of like conspiracy theory level like dissection of details involving this movie because Zack Snyder, like if you follow him on social media, he'll post like a picture or a logo or something, but he's the kind of guy that he hides like cryptic details in stuff, you know, like he'll have like, I don't know, he'll have something in there that's like almost like a hidden message or a hidden hint that some character is going to show up in his next movie, like that sort of thing. Like he has a lot of cryptic details, but the fans were taking this to the extreme where it's like any Instagram post that Zack Snyder put out, they were dissecting everything about it. They're like, oh, my gosh. Zack Snyder posted a picture of coffee on the table today. Does that mean coffee is going to be in the movie and stuff like that? And there's just a lot of really funny speculations. I remember seeing one person posting about how if Zack Snyder posted a picture with a dog, everybody would assume that means that crypto is going to be in the movie. And I just loved that sort of level of ridiculous, like conspiracy board level dissection right. of every little detail. It was just really, really funny. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know if you have any other comments or if we want to talk about the next list or where we go from here. Um, we're going to be talking about Batman vs Superman a lot more because we have a thing called the Snyder Cut coming. Yes, and, um, that laid and Batman vs Superman laid the groundwork for the Snyder Cut so heavily that we're going to have to be making lots of cross references. So we're going to be giving more love to that movie as we go. Um, that being said, uh, you want to talk about next week? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, what are we doing? <laughs> so this world is crazy. And um, I thought this would kind of be a fun list. Um, and it's not topical at all, but, um, I was thinking about, uh, the future. So next week we're going to be doing movies about the future. And I'm not talking about time travel. I'm talking about movies that are set in the future, even though some of those movies may be bleak, they might be better than the world we're living in now. <laughs> so, um, I just thought that'd be kind of cool thinking about, you know, future movies that take place in a future time period that we're, then we're living in now. Yeah, that's that's a cool list. I feel like there's a couple ones that we talk about a lot that are probably unavoidable, but uh, I feel like it's a broad enough list that we might be able to bring some some other weird uh, out there picks to the table. So, yeah, this should be pretty fun. 
yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm excited to put together. I thought of some movies off the top of my head. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, this could be a cool list. I was trying to put together at least five to, like, can I make a short list kind of thing? So, um, but, yeah. Um, how about this, everyone? Uh, do us a favor. Uh, take a look at our – take – Please visit our uh, please visit our website topfivereport.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with our email um, topfivereport at gmail.com. You can hit us up on the email or our social media. Either way works. Um, we are on iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Um, uh, you can subscribe to us, and if you do, you will not miss a single episode as uh, well as you can leave us a review. Uh, we love those five stars, but we understand criticism because it makes us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. You can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Uh, Peter? Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre, and that's where I will be letting you know what now is and isn't pod racing. <laughs> <laughs> um all right man well, <laughs> kind of a dry a, uh dry episode one for a loop what did you say <laughs> all right um all right well in that case um for the top five report i'm drew i'm peter and we'll see you next week thanks everyone for listening